0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. Yes, sir. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. Today, we are unlocking a brand new character here on the podcast. We're here to talk about collecting sports cards, and I got my man, Noir Khalil, on the program. Him and I have made a lot of deals in a short amount of time, met him way of group chat, decided, you know what, let's talk about your collecting. He is a published author, a author of a book that he wrote. I'm excited to learn more about this book. I'm excited to dig into about about his collecting and all of those things. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons, but most importantly, tell a damn friend about the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, Let's kick it to the conversation. All right. We have a new character unlocked here on the podcast. I got my man Khalil, uh, Noir Khalil on IG. Uh, him and I ended up in a group chat together. Uh, I've bought several cards from him. He seems like my uh, a dealer at this point. Um, and I figured we we like similar stuff. So it's always fun to explore other collectors and their passions so uh, we're going to get into it. talk about his collecting and some other things that i think you'll all find interesting uh khalil welcome man how are you
1: i'm doing great how are you doing brad
0: i i cannot complain we we're just uh chopping it up about the weather a nice uh warm weather day here in indianapolis which is rare um you are in a very vibrant city yourself um austin texas which i feel like i spent one spring break where i drove uh through uh Austin and saw the campus and saw just it was bright sunshine everyone had smiles on their faces and I thought to myself why didn't I not go to school here so you live in a fun city um I'm curious just from the top how's how's the sports car scene in Austin are there people are there shows uh hobby shops uh what's your take
1: there's one and then like one it's like one and a half shops because there's a full hobby shop and then there's one up north in north austin that is like half sports cards half like dungeons and dragons and magic the gathering so that's why i say one and a half and there aren't many shows most of the shows in texas are put on in san antonio houston and then obviously you have like the big one in dallas so in comparison to a lot of other bigger cities it's not a huge sports card scene here you're you're like if you go to the card shop here, if you stay here for a month, you'll just, you'll know the regulars like, like instantly at the card shop. So it's kind of small, which is why I buy most of my cards through Instagram or like online or like meeting people or something like that.
0: Yeah, no. And I think I, I, I know we'll get into it, but you and I, we've, we've made a bunch of deals and it's just so efficient. It's like, uh, you DM me, you're like, hey, I got these available. I'm like, I'll take them. And then it's like a couple of days later, they end up on my doorstep. So not having to worry about uh, all the, you know, offer negotiation, taxes, middleman. Um, And so I want to definitely get into that. But maybe before we do, just on like the marketplace side, uh, one thing I've observed from you just in the group chat setting is you seem to be an individual who's always like, we all have these people around us, but you seem to have like the safe ser- searches on lockdown that whenever a card pops, that might be remotely interesting. You either buy it or you, if you're not interested, you're sharing it with the group. So maybe like give us a little peek behind the curtain. Like what's, how, how what's your structure on the notifications and the searches? Because you always seem to have a pulse on anything that
1: pops. I actually don't have any saved searches. <laughs> Mind blown at all i tried using save searches once and i missed a card i, I was like because normally i would just like check throughout the day and i have like a mental list of how to search for all the cards in every set because a lot of people list them all differently and so i i missed that card and i was so bummed because i really wanted that card but it didn't pop up on my save searches and so throughout the day kind of like casually in the morning after breakfast or like, you know, in between working out or like right after grocery shopping, I'll just like check a few of the like searches. So like, if we're looking for totally certified, I might look for just 2014 certified or 2014, you know, cert, not the full certified or like just like platinum mirrors that like got listed and, you know, a lot of different stuff pops up. So I just kind of casually search throughout the day.
0: Uh, that's I I can't believe it because I feel like when I'm peeking into the group chat, I feel like I'm always constantly seeing stuff you're sharing. So maybe I need to revamp my strategy because whatever you're doing uh, is working. And obviously, you mentioned totally certified. You're a shiny card fan. We're gonna get into that, but maybe let's start from the top. Just like you're collecting obviously you're someone who's got a a nice collection. You're making a lot of deals. Maybe talk a little bit about just like where your passion around your collecting comes from.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I got into cards when I was a kid. I didn't own any cards. So my dad and my older cousins all have like these huge binders full of cards. And so that's when I like really got into them. And then my dad was like, I had like an Emmett Smith rookie card and it was in a plaque and everything. And my dad was like, don't ever sell it. Like it's going to be worth a lot of money someday. And so like, even as a kid, I collected like cards and like bouncy balls and just like anything that I thought would be like cool to own that you could just buy down the road. So that's like really where like, because I feel like there are a lot of things you can have in this world if you have enough money, but there's just some things you can't own because the collector won't sell it to you. And I think that's just the coolest part about collecting.
0: Absolutely. And so I think one thing I, we have not talked about, but obviously in scanning your page and seeing some of your posts, I, I see you are a, a published author and a author uh, uh in the sports card arena in space. So maybe like, Talk a little bit about that project. Like, what's the what's the book? Uh, what inspired you to create it? And maybe, yeah, just any information you want to say, you want to share on, on the uh, Khalil as the author side.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I wrote Million Dollar Sports Card, uh, Golden Guide to Sports Card Collecting and Investing. Uh, I think two years ago I finished it, and the reason I, the main reason I wrote it. Is because when I got really, when I really got back into collecting a few years ago, uh, I started getting into it and there were so many different sets and there were, you know, so many different serial numbers and it was like totally different from how it was when I was a kid. And it was like confused. I was like, why, you know, I would see a card sell for like $100 and then the same similar card sell for like $50. And I was like, I don't understand the difference between those two. And so I just, I kept doing a ton of research on, you know, just basketball, football, and baseball. And then I was in the library looking for books to learn more about sports cards. And I couldn't really find any that were helpful. So my roommate was like, why don't you just write a book? And then I was like, well, I've never written a book before. And he's like, well, you can explain what a panini prism is and why it's important to me. He he doesn't know anything about sports. So, I, he's like I think you're I think you can explain it to other people cuz he's like most he's like more likely than not there are a lot of people who have a tough time entering sports cards again and they don't know where to start. So, I wrote that book usually mostly for people who want to get into sports cards but don't really know where to start and but they have an interest in it and so that's why I wrote it. So,
0: so what has maybe, what has transpired for you? Anything surprising since you put that book out? Have you, I'm sure you've made some people have reached out to you. You've made some connections, maybe any stories is the, the, have you seen the goal of your book been reached by since you put it out? Like maybe share some insight there.
1: Yeah, for sure. So when I first wrote it, uh, there I, it was really tough for me to sell it. So like, you know, I gave a bunch out for free and I would give, you know, if I sold, sold a card, I might send someone a free book or something like that. But since then, I would definitely say that I've reached my goal because I checked some of the reviews on Amazon. And one lady was like, you know, my son wanted to go to a sports card shop and she knew nothing about sports cards, but she wanted to bond with her son. So she bought the book and she read it. And she's like, she felt like that she could talk about sports cards with her son, at least have like a decent conversation. And even though she doesn't really know much about sports cards, she just read the book. And I thought that was really cool. And then on um, on LinkedIn, a lot of people reach out to me. They're like, hey, man, like I read your book. Uh, It's really good. You know, um, my kids read it and they really liked it. So now uh, the main thing that I've sensed from the book is a lot of families can bond over sports cards because it can... It's relatable to kids and older adults. So I would definitely say my goal has been reached. I love it. Now, when you put it
0: out, a lot has changed just in the hobby. And we could probably be up for the next 24 hours talking about all those changes. But I'm curious, are there any revisions or things that you would change about the book since you published it?
1: There are a few changes, but I, I thought about it. A lot. And the reason I, this is the reason I didn't write a second book on it is because there wasn't a ton, there wasn't a ton of changes that I would make to the book. So like a few things, you know, I talk about like, you know, by buying serial numbered cards. And so I think one thing I didn't talk about in the book was like case hits or like uh, how to figure out print runs and things like that. But a lot of that stuff is, you know, super like niche. So um, I didn't want to make it super detailed to the point that the reader was like, I'm confused. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the things that I've learned since the hobbies kind of changed in the last year are super specific things that someone entering the hobby doesn't necessarily need to know until, you know, after being in the hobby for a while. That makes sense.
0: Um, I want to maybe move over. Uh, check the box on the book. Glad I got some insight on that. We'll definitely put the link in the show notes for anyone who might be interested in checking it out. Uh, But want to talk about Khalil, the collector. So when I pull up your Instagram page, I'm certainly hit with a lot of uh, shine. I'm hit with also some like cards of legends from the Panini era that I might not have really seen or been used to Um, Mm -hmm. kind of maybe a little outside the box. So maybe talk a little bit about the traits that you look for when you're, you know, collecting cards.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I actually have like a list. I don't know if it's written down, but I definitely have it memorized of things I look (laughs) for. Uh, so I look for, you know, the player is the number one thing, you know, LeBron Curry, Kobe, those are like my main three guys, not necessarily in that order. And then I look for the design, is the next thing. Like, you know, is it a nice design? Is it different from a lot of other designs? You know, what makes this design special versus other ones? And then I look for, you know, the checklist because I buy a lot of curry cards right now. But long term, my goal is to pair every curry card I have with LeBron and Steph in the same set. So that's a huge. They all have to be in the same set for me or at least two of them Uh, since uh, Kobe retired in around 2015. I've been looking for like, you know, LeBron, Curry, Giannis, you know, and now uh, LeBron, Curry, and like Nicole Jokic or something like that. Um, They're actually not in a lot of sets together yet because he came in the league so late, you know, 2015. And then uh, the last thing I look for is, um, are there a lot of parallels? I really don't like, That's with a lot of parallels. I try to keep it, you know, under, under 300 total numbered cards is what, you know, like the highest of end. And then um, the last thing I look for is like, what makes that card unique compared to other Panini cards? And, you know, that could be like, you know, is it a die cut? You know, does it have an acetate finish? Did they use a thicker card stock like Spectra? Um, things like that.
0: So digging in a little further on that, um, maybe I feel like we in the hobby are not, it's gotten better, but for so long, it was, you'd see the same people talking about the same cards and you would pull up your Instagram feed and it would be the same stuff over and over. And then it would be, I'd see some obscure card and it would be like, I haven't seen that before. That makes me curious. And I'd explore and then I'd go on different sites and dig in and then I would set up I know you're anti-safe search but I might set up a safe search just to peek around to see if it might be some something I'm interested in so I'm curious just based on what you said maybe what are some of your favorite sets and products and parallels that you know you enjoy
1: yeah for sure I would say the one the one thing that narrowed me down to picking my favorite panini sets it's just like doing so much research for the book i had to look for every set i could possibly imagine but uh i just got into this set right here i don't know if you can see Ye- yes it's the first year of panini noir and so you know what year what year was the debut of that 14 24
0: it's a good year
1: <laughs> good year it's a good year so that's one of my favorite cards it's a uh, as you said, I have a lot of shine in my page. So I've been looking for the absence of shine lately. And I discovered this one, which has like gold foil on the color. There's like a color set and then a black and white set. And the color set has gold foil uh, for the name and Panini and Noir. And then another one of my favorite sets let's see, is uh, this one right here. I don't know if you can see that. I Yes. So, I, I've
0: seen I've seen that on your page, and I feel like ever since I've seen it on your page, I'm seeing it more and more in the wild. Maybe sh- share what that is because I'm not sure I have the the product locked down in
1: my head yet. Yeah, so this is the 2016 Panini Afficionado uh, opening night. Uh, it's technically, and I'm not sure if it's an insert or a parallel. The way mm-hmm. they work on cardboard connection, I know tip off is a parallel. But it's a one-year set, and I really like it because I didn't know this until I got a few raw ones in hand because I bought this one graded. But it has like a smooth canvas-like texture on the card, and then it has like this beautiful blue hollow foil on just part of the card. And then you get to see, you get this in-game action shot. And then my favorite thing, I don't think a lot of cards do this as much. It has player stats, you know, going (laughs) back. For him, it goes back for the past, like, four or five years. And so, like, for someone like Clay Thompson, it has, like, his rookie stats all the way up to his regular stats. And so I, I just really like the set. I can't get enough of it. It's honestly one of my favorites. I just, I really like the way the blue shines on the card. And then you get to see, like, this action shot of the player. And then, like, to top it off, they're, like, really condition sensitive. So you're not going to get a lot of PSA 10s or BGS 9.5s or anything like that. And then obviously my last favorite, my last favorite set is, uh, you know, fourteen, Totally Certified. This is my favorite card right here.
0: Tell people what card you're holding up.
1: Yeah, so this is the base 2014 Totally Certified Platinum Miracle die cut of Kobe Bryant. It's the shooting pose. It's numbered 10 out of 10. I don't think you can see that. It's a PSA 9. What's but, the sto-
0: What's the story about you getting that card?
1: The it's actually a pretty interesting story. So, I think a few like not last Christmas, but the Christmas before, uh, like that December, I had, uh, I was really happy with my collection, but I was just, I was, you know, prism was like at all time high, and I just couldn't afford like any gold, like Curry or Kobe cards, and I was just like looking for, uh, like cheaper numbered cards of my favorite players. And I came across the purple version of the Kobe. And so I bought it for $8. It was the platinum for $8. I was like, couldn't beat that. Never showed up, got lost in the mail. So I bought another one. And this one showed up and I was like, oh, I like the full texture, but I'd never heard of this set. I was like, I wonder if, I was like, I saw shiny ones and then I saw like the base platinum and I was confused about what the difference was. So I looked up whenever I have any like questions, I just Google this like, Google, I searched the set on Instagram because you, you get to see what people post about. And that's how I found, you know, the totally certified die cut master, you know. And so I messaged him for about a month asking if he'd sell me a Kobe or a Curry. And then he said he'd sell me both. And so I was like, name your price, and I'll pay it. So he did. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of steep. But I was like, I really like this set. So I'd never seen the golds in hand, but I had a really good feeling about them. And so I sold all my cards and I hustled up the money. You know, I think I worked like extra hours or something. And so I bought this one and the Curry. But I really want the Kobe's my favorite player, even though I mainly collect Curry. So I really wanted a Kobe one from this set because all the other Kobe cards I want, I can't afford because they're like, you know, the BMG Red, BMG Green, 97 Rubies, you know, stuff like that. Those are the other Kobe cards I want. But this is like my favorite one from the Panini era. So I was like, got to have it. So
0: you, uh, it's an incredible card. It's uh, I'm pinned on his page. You can check it out. Um, what I want to maybe dig into a little bit is just that process that you just talked about. So you said... Uh, you found this set, then what you do is you go to Instagram so you can see the cards, you see the collectors, you knew deep down, like, these are the cards I want. And you've targeted an individual who you knew had them. So then you probably slid in your DMs. And there's probably some persistence that ensued of you having to follow up over and over. Uh, maybe like, I don't know, that's such a uh, approach that I think is gets you not only the cards you want, but then also makes you get to make connections and build those relationships in the hobby so maybe just like talk a little bit about that process and how important it has been to not only level up your totally certified collection but just in general in the hobby
1: yeah i mean i really enjoy the process of you know finding a set and then finding a cool car but not really knowing much about it so i read as much you know i read cardboard connection And then I go to blowout forums and I see what people were talking about, like what they were saying about the set when it initially came out. And then I go to the Panini blog site and they post like, you know, our, you know, it's like our inaugural set or like, you know, something about the set. And then after I do all that, I look for it on Instagram and I'll, I'll usually message the collectors who own or used to own the card and be like, you know, Hey, what do you think about this card? You know, do you like it in hand? Like, you know are you happy you have in your collection what does it look like in person and things like that and then after that then i'll you know look for the card on on instagram or ebay or you know whatever try and find it and buy it but it's cool because you get to make connections with people because when you ask people about cards on their page they're usually happy to talk about it and you know you can usually feel like you know the passion about the card and they'll tell you like how they got it and how it came across the set and everything like that so it's always a good time and then the the passion is both good and bad because once you hear the passion you want the card <laughs> and feel it too much then you're like i'm willing to do whatever it takes to get this and then you're like my budget's five hundred dollars and then it comes up on ebay for a thousand you hit the buy it now and you're like i should <laughs>
0: Totally, we've all been there, and I love just that's just human nature and psychology. Leveraging it to your advantage, Um, maybe we can talk about uh, the group chat. And so we, I met you in that group chat, and obviously, like there's the I can't even keep up with it half the time. There's so much dialogue and so much conversation, and I often preach like the more we can shrink the hobby C and find little pockets and groups and communities like. To me, that's where I have the most fun because common interest, passion, you meet like-minded collectors. Uh, But maybe if we talk about just like 2014, totally certified in general, and I'm sure this exists in other products. I know it exists in other products, but this is just common ground between you and I. What what do you think it is about that product that has created that community vibe and feel that we see every day in our group
1: chat? Yeah, for sure. I think the... Biggest thing that I've noticed, and it's similar to other sets that have a huge collector base, is the uniqueness. So, you know, there are, you have like the 2012 Prism set, and what makes it unique is like it's the first year of that set. And, you know, it's it's special for so many other reasons. And then, like for this set, what makes it special is the shine on the cards isn't just like the typical hollow foil shine. And then Panini doesn't do this a lot because most of their shiny cards are on chromium like technology, but these are on like a cardboard paperish texture, which makes them. To me, it makes it shine more because I feel like most of the '90s cards that shined the best were on that type of material instead of like a chromium t- uh, material. And then you know, I think having individual poses for. The basketball players makes it unique, and then on the football side, only having forty-one total mirrors makes it, you know, pretty unique. And then to top it all off, uh like I said about the shine, the whole card shines, not just you know specific areas of the card when it hits the right light. And so I tested this when I first got my when I first got it in hand. I got a red one. I got a blue one. I turned off the lights. And I just let like the sunlight like, come in through the blinds. And so I asked my friends, I was like, which does it look like it's glowing to you? And they're like, oh, yeah, like the red one, like the red one. They're like, I, they're like, I like the red one. <laughs> I was like, you don't like the blue one? They're like, no. I was like, OK. So like just based on like eye appeal, I know like the red one is super popular, even though the blue is more rare in, in both sets, actually. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're condition sensitive and they have they they shine like nothing else I've ever seen in panini and you know they got the die cuts and the basketball and I actually didn't learn this until recently but the name on the basketball set is on the left hand side and on the football set it's mm-hmm. on the right side so that's something else that I like I realized you could just like keep learning about this set and discovering new things and I also like like the embossed foil is different for each card so they will all shine differently.
0: I'm learning I'm learning something new uh, here. And I've been uh, deep in the weeds on that set for a while. Do, I feel like, and maybe I'm new to this because, I, you know, it's. I've been collecting this set for probably, I don't know, six six months, eh, six to eight months aggressively, but there's everybody else in the group. I feel like it's been deep in the weeds for a while, but it, it seems now, and maybe it's because I'm so focused on it, is that, There's so much passion and people making deals in that group. Um, And then, but then I see some outside conversation and whenever the product gets brought up from an outsider who doesn't collect it, I feel like there's, I don't know, there's just like some sort of animosity on like that set. And I don't know if it's because like, uh, you've got different Main Street outlets and maybe some different collectors here and there have compared them to PMG, but I don't know. Whenever I see that conversation, I'm always just like, man, can't we just like, Collect the car cards and have fun. Have you? I know you post a lot of those cards. And have you seen any of that uh, negative sentiment from that set? Um, and if so, like what's your take? Like, do you just look at it and move on? Or like, how do you respond to stuff like
1: that? Uh, I don't really pay attention to the negative (laughs) honest. Like, I'm just like, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. It is what it is. I've seen just about every panini set that's been made since it came out and you know I've owned or at least seen just about well, a card from just about every set and to me these really stand out and the way I look at it is like you know cool if you don't want to compare it to the 90s cards but if you just compare it to Panini cards it just is so different from so many other sets and then You know, you obviously like you have like your 90s grails and your Jordan grails and things like that. But like I I look at it in terms of like history and it with fanatics taking over and everything. It's not like people are just going to completely forget about the last 10 to 12 years of Panini. So I think that, you know, people will have their own Panini grails. And for me, this this is just one of the sets that stands above the rest. So I have a list of a few others that I really like, but this is one of my favorites. so I just kind of ignore um other people talking negatively about it and just let the set speak for itself. That's good uh operating. I love it. um, I want to
0: talk about just like uh the the deal making and Um, this, this is for us because we made deals and it's been totally certified mirror stuff, but it it literally can be any other product or set in any other group chat that any listeners a part of. But with like, I have become obsessed with trying to find the rare and scarce cards of players on the football side that are significant to me and mean something to my collection. And it, the most recent card that we I bought from you I just posted uh, last night as we record this, but it was the Robert Griffin near uh, yeah. gold. And the reason why I wanted that card was because I am a big Andrew Luck fan, and everyone remembers twenty twelve and the two of them. And just to pair it together, I took the picture. And like, I got so many DMs from people just talking about that year and that moment, and it just brought back nostalgia. Um, but like, if I, it would have taken me forever to find that card, if ever to find that, just based on the scarcity, but you had the card, you know, I collect football, you made it available, we got a deal done. So maybe like talk about just like in those group settings and just the benefits of just like cutting out all the fat and making those one-to-one dealer deals with individuals who you interact with on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's easier to build connections and relationships when you just you know message someone and then you know, I'm not the type of person where like, you know, I have a card and I'm in it for X amount, but I'm trying to make money on it. So I you know, I double the price just so I can you know, negotiate. I normally like if I message you a price, I'm like pretty I'm like pretty close to where it's at. And then you know, there might be like a one counter offer, but I'm like, and then I'm just like, cool, that works. You know what I mean? So I try to I try to make it as you know quick and seamless and like fair for both sides as possible, which I think makes the deal better. Because, you know, I know negotiating is part of the process for, you know, some cards and for some people. But for me, it's just, it's just easier on both sides of the party. If you have, you know, you have the item, you know, it's worth, you know, you know, you know, uh, what's fair for the buyer. And then, you know, you just get a win-win there. No doubt, and I, I've uh, I've said
0: this to many people that I've made a lot of buys from a lot of people in that group already, and uh, I'm not sure there's been many <laughs> instances where I passed on something. And part of the reason for that is is because I want to, as a collector in a group, I want to be easy to do business with because if you do end up getting that card that I really, really want, like I want you as the individual with the card to come to me first and, you know, give me the option and opportunity. And so I feel like there's a, on the buyer and seller side in that group setting, it's like, there's, you know, those people and there's just less hardball and it's more like, all right, we'll make this deal now. And chances are, since we made this deal now, like we'll probably make future deals. So let's Let's make this as easy as possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I also like, I have, a—I buy a lot of cards and, you know, there are some that I, I'm like, I'll never sell, you know? And then there are others that I'm like, oh, I like them, but this guy would love to have it in his collection. So, you know, if I sell it to this person, you know, uh, I usually feel pretty happy about that person really appreciating the card because you know, everyone has certain cards that they like, but they don't love. But other other people love that card. And so they just appreciate it more just because they love that player for, you know, whatever reason. So I always feel like it's better when the card is in the collection of someone who, like, really cares about it and really loves it versus someone who's like, oh, yeah, I like it. It's cool to have, you know.
0: No doubt. And I'll tell you this one. This one's like the one I have not posted, but you um, sold to me. But the cordell patterson literally i i have had him on i he's a guy like in my last like last round of fantasy it oh, i couldn't yeah. believe i couldn't believe he was like everyone slept on him again this year and i just scoop him up and he's all it's like you know I'm 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 on sundays i'm sitting there watching red zone and like the next clip they're going to the falcons game and you know, Cordell Patterson is, you know, lining up as a running back running a 25 yard touch and I'm watching my fantasy. So there's like, there's that, like when that, that card came up, I was mad. I lost it the first, not mad, but I was upset. I lost it the first time that then it came around you're like, yeah. And I'm letting you know, like that, there was some, it wasn't like a throw and like that was like, there was some significance on that card that when I got it and I was like, I was knew I was going to be excited about the RG three, but when the Cordell came, I was like, this is pretty awesome. I'm glad I have this one too.
1: He he was one of my favorite players. I sold that one, and I sold a James White red. I'm a huge Patriots fan, so I really didn't want to sell those two. But I bought two other ones from the set that I really love. I I just bought more than I love football, and that's ultimately just what it is. So, like, you know, nine times out of ten, I'll probably sell my football cards for a basketball. Like, I'll show you the – I think you've already seen them, but I'll show you which ones I bought. So, I bought – this one because Lynn's sanity was like oh. my favorite, like as a kid, in complete awe that someone could come off the bench and just do that. And then like,
0: so t- tell 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 everyone what card you just uh showed.
1: Okay, yeah. So that's the uh 2014 totally certified uh Platinum Mirror Green Die Cut for Jamie Lynn. He only has one pose, so there's only five of these. I I went way higher than I really wanted to 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 get this card. But, you know, he's a player. He's a player where I've always wanted one really nice Jeremy Lin card. You know, I'm a, like, I'm a Steph, you know, Kobe LeBron collector. But I just, you know, like Adam has his like Yao Ming one of one tops Chrome Superfractor. And I was like, I've always wanted just one really nice Jeremy Lin card. And this is my one. So, you know, I'll probably won't be buying any more Jeremy Lin And then I bought this one because when he first came out, you know, me and my cousin, uh, he played basketball in high school, but I did. And I just played for fun. But I was like, like, everyone wanted to be like D. Rose. Like, everyone wanted to be, you know, just as fast as him and Duncan. And like, he was just like amazing. And so that was one I was like, I really, I really wanted that one. So I had to sell some other ones, but
0: You got to keep it moving. I was, I was lucky to be uh, working in uh, New York during the time of Linsanity. I was, I was traveling there a couple times a week or a couple times a month and literally in the Linsanity era. And I had mentioned to uh, a couple of the sales directors at the time that like, I got to go to a game at the garden. And it was literally like week two of Linsanity. So I like, I got to go to a game and see him do his thing. And it, I I feel like that was one of those, like it was a flash in the pan type moment, but it was so significant at the time. Like people are still talking about it today.
1: Yeah. The way I look at it, like the way I collect a lot of cards and, you know, if if it's outside of like my main PC, if I want to buy it is, you know, am I nostalgic about this person? And then I asked myself, if you were going to tell a really good story about basketball, could you not mention this person? You know, (laughs) I asked myself, a lot and I'm like, you know, if I was telling the story about basketball, you know, Lin Sanity might be like a one sentence, two sentence thing. It might be like, yeah, there's this guy that came off the bench and started dropping 30 and 40 a night and then waved off Kobe Bryant later on in his career to shoot to shoot a game winner. You know, and then Derek, there's this the youngest MVP ever. You know, there was there's like a play of Derek Rose who he jumps in the air, he fakes a pass and then he passes it to someone else. I was like, man, that guy is just amazing before he got he, hurt.
0: He's a legend. Um man, this has been fun. I want to I maybe we've talked about some of these cards, but I'd love to hear in closing maybe like the your th- top 3 cards in your PC and 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 why those cards.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I showed you one. I'll show you a different one I really like. So, um, this one right here. This is the 20, let's see, 2013, 2014 Prestige Playmakers. I told you I was looking for cards that didn't shine. So I got this one from Strider Boy in a trade. I really like this card for a lot of reasons. It never or if ever really pops up. It's it's really rare. And then it's embossed and it has like a textured foil surface. And then in the bottom right-hand corner, this is my favorite part of the card. It has the NBA logo. That's dope. It's not Like, you just don't see the NBA logo on cards anymore. And it just, it just feels like one of those cards that once you get it in hand, you just don't want to sell it. And even though I have a lot of shiny cards, like, this is one of my all-time favorite cards. You know, I'll, I'll never sell this one. I really wish I had a PSA 10, but I'm happy with this one. And then another set that I really like. So when I was in, I think, high school or middle school, Blake Griffin was the number one pick. And so I've always wanted one really nice Blake Griffin card. And oddly enough, kind of like how he's, there aren't a lot of cards of Curry shooting, there are very few cards of him actually dunking. And so I found this one of him dunking. It's from the 2014 Panini Paramount set. And so I've been doing a lot of research on this set. It has dufex technology, which just means it's like foil that lights up. So I'll eventually make a post about it later. But it's like you can see him just dunking on Clay Thompson. And uh, I got and and I, I, I was like, oh, man, this is so nice. So I bought another one. I bought another one where I put it of Kyrie. and ever since I bought this one of like this super super young Kyrie Irving, just to the whole those
0: cards are amazing. I've never seen those before
1: yeah. like i I'm obsessed with this set. so I've just been looking for more golds of players that I really like. and so I eventually I'd like to buy a gold curry that's like on my like top top curry list but you know the playmakers, the dufex, and then I showed you the Kobe earlier. Those are, you know, three of my favorite cards and sets. And then I showed you the aficionado. So those four right there, I've just been—if it—if—if if I can find more of those cards, I've just been buying them just slowly over time. Uh, but yeah, I really like that set. It's from 2014, and there aren't like—I don't think a lot of people. I think it was just one of those sets that just got passed over which is funny because when it, it was when it was released it was supposed to be a premium product and it just i think the reason i stopped doing it is um they said that it cost a lot of money to make them and it wasn't selling so you know they just stopped i
0: see i i love these types of conversations with collectors who are educating and sharing on products that might not get the coverage that some of the other stuff that we see regularly and one thing i learned From you today, Khalil, it's all about the nostalgia and it's all about that look and feel, which are two things I think we should all be looking at when we're evaluating cards to buy, man. This was so much fun. Thank you for making some time. Um, You can check out his Instagram page. We'll put it in the show notes, but man, we'll have to do this again soon.
1: For sure. Thanks for having me, Brett.
0: Always enjoy those conversations with collectors. Love what he had to say. Shiny stuff. Shiny stuff digging in, making deals, writing books, you name it. Khalil, thanks for the time, brother. You can follow him at Noir Khalil on Instagram. Until then, take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back. More stacking slabs on the other side.